All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only To the line, Hughes, Jones! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That'll get you $5 off your order. And Zephyr Epic, our friends at Zephyr Epic, got the new Upper Deck Allure boxes. Go check those out. Free shipping. Anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. We are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD, at DoorDash on your first order. That will get you 25% off your first order and free delivery. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. We are 24 minutes away from puck drop between the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames in Calgary. Both of us in Vancouver right now. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, This is going to be my first game watching with Nono. Yeah, this That's is a big day for you. Big day for me. I'm excited. I want to I wanna get his takes a little bit on the Canucks. We're going to yeah. re- record the second half of the episode wrapping up the game. Yes. But first half of the episode, I wonder what we should talk about. I don't know if there's anything going on Canucks-wise. Yeah. Maybe we should, just, we should uh, record during the game with Nono. And see what he has to say about it. Well, yeah, maybe we'll just like keep the mic in front of him. And I just want to get like some, <laughs> live reactions, some little like tidbits, some drops. Maybe we can have some no, no drops uh, moving up here soon. Live tweet. Get no, no to live tweet. Just yeah. Leave an ISO. Tell cam. Clarissa, take the night off. <laughs> no, no's going to be live tweeting from Canucks army tonight. Everything has an Italian accent. <laughs> yeah. Everything's signed with just like an Italian flag at the end of it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, well, we do have some actual news to get into. Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson has not been made official by the hockey club just yet, but Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, the Canucks and CAA, have finally agreed to terms. Those terms have changed a little bit. Originally, it was three years, $8 million per year for Pettersson. The new terms, Chris. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, first kind of reported by Drance on Friday, or was it Thursday when things were starting to kind of drop in the morning there, which was weird because I think he had like a fresh van cast and nothing kind of popped up after that. But Drager, I think, was the first one. LeBron and Drager from TSN were the first to put out the numbers that seem to be confirmed now. Pedersen, three-year deal at $7.35 million, and Quinn Hughes, a six-year deal at seven point eight five. Both deals that I am very happy with. I think we're starting to get pretty worried, especially with Kaprizov's number coming in, Dalene's number coming in, kind of worrying them. And and honestly, like the overbearing thought of both of these contracts being bridge deals, that was the biggest worry for me. So when I first saw these deals announced, the first number that popped to my eye from the whole, you know, when the numbers were starting to come out was six years for Quinn Hughes. I don't think that's being talked about enough right now. Like people are obviously excited about the deals. And, you know, I was live at 650 when it dropped. We cut away from the Blue Jays. Man, you should have i got so many calls that were people so mad at me because we cut away from a live blue jays yeah. game potentially the most important game of the year so like i get it that was a tough one to jump away from for deals that weren't even you know signed sealed and delivered at this point but six years for hughes is the thing that pops off the most from these deals for me i think yeah when you lock down a defenseman like this for six years at 7.85 obviously that's a pretty big number 7.85 is a good chunk of change, but at six years, I really think that Quinn Hughes is going to be a value for at least four of those six seasons. Like even if he has a down year, or if he has a bad season, four out of those six years, I think he's playing above that rate. Yeah. Especially seeing the way that that money is going for defensemen to see what Kale McCarr got, to see what Darnell Nurse, Nurse, Dougie Hamilton, what these guys are getting. I think if you're going to get Quinn Hughes now until he's about 26, 27, I guess he'll be 27. 27 years old, making $7.85 million for those years that you're going to have of the prime of Quinn Hughes. That's the deal that I love the most out of these two. 
Absolutely. And don't forget, friend of the show, Frank the Tank Saravalli, uh, when he came on, we asked him if he anticipates the cap's going to go up and when it's going to go up. You know, he, he, he was, you know, he admitted, he's like, with COVID, we don't know how things are going to go. But considering that, you know, the NHL has so many of their players vaccinated and everybody's kind of, you know, it looks like they're going to be able to get on board. looks like fans are going to be able to be in the stands. It looks like things are going to start to go back to normal for the NHL, at least in terms of their revenue. So with that in mind, you know, we put it at around maybe two, three years before the cap goes up again. But when it goes up, it's going to go up pretty dramatically. We anticipate that's what that's what we think is going to happen. So when that happens, all of a sudden, Quinn Hughes is on a very, very good looking deal. I agree. And I think even what we've heard was it was going to be a flat cap for a few years here. We're not going to see the cap go up. Even to see that there was a $1 million bump from the sounds of it for next year going up to 82 and a half. I think that says enough about what we are going to see in two to three years for what the cap is going to go up with a lot more money coming in with fans getting back in the arena. I'm not going to be surprised to see the cap go up dramatically in two to three years. So you mentioned it there. It's only going to go up from now. I mean, from right now, the way this cap looks at 7.8. Yeah, it's probably a big number. Like, listen, if you were to just crop out your team and say, you know, everyone's on a one-year deal, Quinn Hughes probably doesn't make 7.8 this season. But for a six-year deal, absolutely, he deserves $7.8 million. And I I think he's going to live up to this contract and then some. So it, it happened pretty quick from the sounds of it. This deal got done on Thursday night. Push came to shove. I don't know if it was Aquilini stepping in. Travis Green was mentioned to be involved in a little bit of it as well. But... They got these guys done, and we are going to see them very soon here. Probably not as soon as Sunday, but it sounds like they're on their way to Vancouver now. The Michigan party is over. It's time to to get to work, get to Vancouver, do a bag skate, and uh, get into a get into a game here. Get into some preseason action, and I wonder how this affects a lot of players. Like we'll we'll get into how this kind of shakes down the lineup. But for to stick on Quinn Hughes for a minute, we'll get to Pedersen maybe in a little bit here. But it's still a massive question now of who Quinn Hughes is going to play with. Quinn Hughes doesn't have his partner from last season coming back from the sounds of it. We'll have more to report on after the game, I think, about Hamannick. But to me, it doesn't sound like Hamannick's coming into play. And if he is, I wonder if he's able to go down to the States or play in any of those games. It's it's a lot up in the air right now for Quinn Hughes as a partner. And I wonder what what the situation even comes to for the Vancouver Canucks right now, but who they're going to bring into play with Quinn Hughes. It's... It's a lot to ask Luke Shen to play in that role. Yes. But at the same time, when you're playing with Quinn Hughes, you're not asked to do a lot. No. Like, no, you're no, not no. really asked to do a lot. You're literally just asked to stay at home and let I'm, Quinn Hughes do his thing. Look, I'm the biggest Luke Shen, Luke Shen fan of anybody. Well, Wyatt, Wyatt Arndt is the only other one. But, man, you saw him in that Abbotsford game and the Seattle game. Maybe not in the Abbotsford game. You saw him in the Seattle game. He was he was not good. Like his foot speed it was it wasn't great before. Like nobody nobody was talking about how great of a skater Luke Shen was, but it was bad in that game that we watched. It was bad. Like Shen looked pretty washed. And you know, I I hope that's not the case. I would absolutely love it if Shen could step in, but to to ask him to play on your top pairing, man, that is not what you signed Luke Shen for, and that is not what Luke Shen should be doing. For this team, like that is a, you know what, like that's a that's a failure on the management group. If Luke Shen is playing first pairing with Quinn Hughes, like that that is a failure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anything Luke Shen not being a, a bottom pairing guy is a pretty rough look on your defense. I mean, and we like the guy. We like what he can bring to a game absolutely. in in the right role. Right. That's the key point about Luke Shen. 
people love Luke Shen, but they love him as the guy who's on your bottom pairing, throwing a million hits and protecting people. They like him playing with Jack Rathbone. They liked him sure. playing with Quinn Hughes in his first couple games in the league. They loved that. So, and they would like it the same way with Jack Rathbone. But so now, Quinn Hughes Hammonick, is your top though, guy. Yeah, and without, without Hamannick now, I mean, yeah. you're going to have to move some right, sh- right shot guys around, whether it's Tyler Myers or Pullman. Like, does Pullman end up playing with Quinn Hughes now? No. OEL and Pullman is inseparable. They are not getting separated. I don't know, man. It's only no. been a training camp and no. some preseason. They're not getting separated. They've they've been talking about how much they like playing with each other. They're not getting separated. You, Pullman is not going to play with Quinn Hughes for the sole reason that OEL and Pullman is going to be playing a ton of minutes. And so then is it Myers then? It's, it's Myers and Hughes. It, it has to be Myers and Hughes, and then it has to be Rathbone and Shen. That's actually, like, not a horrible defense corpse. We talked about it on last episode, and I was saying Tyler Myers doesn't work with a very offensive defenseman. No, he doesn't. Quinn Hughes is more offensive than Jack Rathbone. Quinn Hughes jumps into the play, gets into deep cycles, chases pucks in, four checks. So, so you're going to put Shen with Hughes? I, I'm, I don't have the, the answer. Wheels? I don't think the answer is Tyler Myers, though. I think well, Tyler Myers hurts that pairing so much. The answer isn't to play the wheels off of a Rathbone-Myers pairing and then you know try and cycle through Shen and Hughes as well. But the answer isn't Tyler Myers, and when they played together last year, had scored three goals and allowed 14. Yeah, but have you considered Bradshaw? Just, oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm you. This is now that I see where the arguments come from because you're a Tyler Myers supporter for some reason. Okay, I'm sorry, it. but if we're if we're all talking about how oh Quinn Hughes was on a bad team last year, Myers was had a bad year last year. Sure, absolutely, I, I'm totally fine with that. But I'm also not willing to listen to the argument that everything that happened last year was Tyler Tyler Myers' fault. It wasn't. He had a good first year with the Canucks. Had a bit of a down year last year. I don't think he's going to be as bad this year. And I think playing with Hughes. I think it's going to be a better pairing because no. again, a lot of it is going to be coming down to team defense and having proper forward groups, right? Like that's something the Canucks didn't have last year. It's not going to be Jimmy VC coming back on the back check, not knowing where he's supposed to go. That's not what's happening anymore. I, I just think with Tyler, my, like if you're asking me, I think I, I don't care. <laughs> Luke Shen is a better option to play with Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers to me. Dude, how? Because so so how will, many minutes? How are you allocating these minutes? Is Luke Shen your penalty kill? That's what I'm saying, where I don't think it's locked in stone, or, you know, written in stone, sorry, that that Pullman needs to be with, with OEL. Pullman does need to be with OEL. I, I, I don't... So that, that you're making your premier pairing getting the most Imagine, imagine a Myers-OEL pairing. What scares you more, Hughes with, with Myers or OEL with Myers? OEL with Myers. Exactly. That sounds worse. So, so no, sorry, as a whole. No, I'm saying it wrong. The worst one to me <laughs> would be limiting Hughes playing him with Myers. I don't think you're I wouldn't Hughes worry about much. limiting OEL with Myers. Yeah, but if that's your shutdown pair, like like OEL is oh, going to play shutdown pairs shutdown. aren't even a thing. They are under Travis Green. Not really. Like, look, think about how look many at Edler last year. Okay, well, look at Edler last year. He's gone. Look at what they're going to have to do with OEL, how many minutes OEL is going to be playing. He's. Not, I don't think OEL is going to be the leading five-on-five ice time guy. I think Quinn Hughes is going to be. Not if he's playing with Luke Shen. But if Nearly Hughes swore. is playing with Pullman, absolutely that line's getting the most five-on-five five minutes. OEL is going to be on the second power play unit. He's going to be on the first penalty kill unit. You can't also have him playing 20 you know, 18 to 20 minutes of five on five. That's, that's, you're going to burn out OEL in the first you're two gonna weeks. You're going to burn out Hughes. No, you won't because he's not going to be killing penalties. No, but he's going to be playing power play. And the, which, the oh, those are the hardest minutes. minutes when you're skating OEL's around the point. OEL's not playing power play, first of all. Second unit. 
Yeah, how much time do you think the second unit's going to get? That's what I'm saying. It's not that big of a deal. He The bigger minutes here is him on the penalty kill. OEL has to kill penalties. That's true. Tyler Myers has to kill penalties. Why not have them also be your shutdown pairing? Because they haven't had any looks together in the preseason. Yeah, I get that. And we haven't had a look at Quinn Hughes in the preseason. Your best defenseman. I think you should build your defense I don't think around you your best defenseman. Up. I don't think you shake everything up with what we've what we've heard from OEL and Pullman about they've how well they're one game together. No, how, yeah, but they every skate they've been together, every single skate starting from training camp, they've been together. They've been talking about how they've been building chemistry. They're starting to learn each other's tendencies and everything like that takes time. It's not NHL 22, 21, whatever, where you just pick and play and, and choose whoever and they're going to be great together. That's not how it works, but it's, it's not like Pullman has this crazy, way of playing the game he's going to be simple he's going to help let the other partner that he plays with go do his thing yeah that that's great in theory but you do need to learn guys tendencies and you need to learn how they read the play and Pullman you know he's a good skater but he's not fantastic or anything oh yeah so to your theory here Nick Patan should start Pedersen can be a fourth line center to start the year with McEwen because they haven't built up the that's, chemistry through that's preseason so stupid. that's literally not what I'm saying and you know it Literally, it's the same thing. They've no, had the it's same amount the same of skates thing. as Patan, OEL and Pullman have. Patan, it's not like Pullman and OEL have been partners for three years. Is Nick Patan, Was Nick Patan signed to play on the NHL roster? No. Yeah. No, well, no he, he wasn't. wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, I'm agreeing with you. Was yes. Tucker Pullman? Yes. Okay. Was Tucker Pullman signed here just to play with OEL? Yes. Literally, yes. Literally, we've had this conversation in the offseason that Pullman could be a good option for Hughes. And now that I've seen Pullman play, it even pushes that thought even more because he's a better skater than I thought. Pullman so I, can play with Hughes, and that would yeah, be your top pairing at 5-on-5. Five five. You're okay having Tucker Pullman with Quinn Hughes as your top pairing at 5-on-5? Five five. Yes, that, I would like to have that pairing on the ice the most if you're looking at the defense that you have for the Vancouver Canucks. Why would I want to have OEL on the ice more than Quinn Hughes? Because you want to keep Hughes fresh. For what? The, the ice time that he's not getting because OEL's taking it all up at 5-on-5? Five five? Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. OEL's going to get I'm starting his to see ice your time. point of view. Yeah, OEL's going to get his ice time. And we talk about OEL having to be on a shutdown pairing. The shutdown pairing, he's going to be out there with Pullman on the penalty kill. First unit. So, First unit killing penalties, so, OEL and Pullman. Okay, so there's less than two weeks to puck drop. There's five preseason games left. You go to Sunday. That's going to be presumably... Hughes and Patterson's first preseason game. They won't play in that. You don't think they'll play no, in that? No, they'll only they'll be okay, three so, games and they'll play the last three. So so last three, okay. How do you how do you go from Pullman, who's had two weeks to play with OEL? You go two weeks or, or you have three games left, and then all of a sudden you're shaking that up. How how do you do that? You walk up to Pullman and you say, Hey Pullman, you want to play with the best defenseman instead of OEL? And he says, Yeah, sure. Then he goes out and he skates with with Hughes. They practice for a week. They play three preseason games. And then you see what happens in the regular season. I because just think that you're risking a lot there. Because Myers, Myers and Hughes have at least played together. You know what's risky? All the other situations that we've talked about Quinn Hughes having to play with. You know what's risky? Hughes with Myers. Risky? Hughes with Shen. Shen. Risky? Yeah. Hughes with who? Burroughs? Another Brad guy Hunt. off of waivers, Brad Hunt playing on his opposite side. Might as well give you a levy a shot while you're out of here. Like the best thing you can do for the Canucks defense is to have Quinn Hughes on the ice as much as possible with the best possible partner. And right now, without Hamannick here, whatever's going on with the situation, which I I hope we learn some by the end of this Canucks game here, and I think Likewise. the reporting will happen because it's coming down at at eleven fifty nine as the deadline Eastern time. So that'll be eight fifty nine tonight. Yes, that's when we'll know when the opt outs coming. It's the whole day today. 
So we'll figure oh, out if he's o'clock. opting out. No, it's okay. it's the full day. Okay. So we'll we'll know by the end of the Canucks game when we're recording the second half of this post game against the Flames. Yes, yeah, we will know for sure if, if Hamannick has opted out, which I don't I don't think he is going to. No, we why don't would Hamannick so. leave money on the table? This isn't Chris a problem Johnson, for him. Chris Johnson of the Toronto Star reported that nobody is going to opt out. Right. Um, nobody would obviously include Hamannick. Uh, Satyar Shaw apparently I read on Twitter respectfully. Uh, refuted that report so we'll hmm. see we'll see what happens we don't know what's happening by the like literally when you listen 10 minutes into this episode we will probably have an answer for you because there's going to be a three-hour period where between part one and part two of this episode so. yeah no exactly i'm yeah. trying to look at the time we still got a little bit of time we can roll here we gotta I, get to the poll question let's get to the no let's do that in the second half because we'll get to uh actually no, no yeah no we have to get all right to quickly question. do the poll question then um Maybe we'll do the, the goalie intro because I want to ask about Demko a little bit here because th- we're okay. expecting to see Demko start tonight. Yes. I mean, he flew to Calgary. I don't think they fly Demko to Calgary if he's not playing. And we didn't get anything from Travis Green. Yeah, How about the last too. minute media send out by the Canucks? Too, as you get to the poll question I got, here. I got a text from Marcus yeah. uh, of the PR guy texted me and he was like, Hey, media availability in five minutes. Sorry for the late notice. I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa. I got an okay. email and then I saw the, the tweet <laughs> notification from PR and I was like, yeah. oh, we got to do this. And wh- who is it? Hi, Moore and McEwen. So not Hi, like, Moore and McEwen. And it was so no funny because I'm, I'm sitting there. I was on my couch and I was like, it's like Matthew Highmore. So I was like waiting for Batch to go first. And they're like, okay, if you have any questions, raise your hand. And then like five sec, five awkward seconds where Highmore is just sitting there past and Victoria goes, <laughs> Okay, just a reminder, if you have any questions, please put your hand up. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I did it. So then I asked the batch question. I was just like, uh, yeah, Matthew, your thoughts on uh, preseason and uh, your game so I'm far? Surprised you didn't go the coos direction. Yeah, the coos direction. Couple for me here. <laughs> All right, let's get to the poll question. Oh, man, we love Coos. Um, yeah, poll question. Our Fuel the Fan, uh, Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. Go check them out for all your Canucks sports memorabilia needs at Fuel the Fan on Twitter. Good people. Good people there. Our poll Big, question. Hey, Pasto Amore fan, too. Yes, Pasto Amore fan. Uh, our poll question from them. How pleased are you with the Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes contracts? Very pleased. Pleased. Meh. And, of course, I'm angry. Chris, which one are you at? I'm angry that there's no emoji on the I'm angry thing. Ah, You've sorry. lost that. I was Whatever. good. I was when I saw the tweet go up, I was gonna text you about it. What's uh what are the options again? I don't even know. Uh very pleased, pleased, meh, and I'm angry. Uh I'm pleased. I'm I'm pleased that it got done. So please, not very pleased. Not very pleased. I'm just pleased. I think it's it's I'm, good. I'm very pleased with the actual term and numbers, mm-hmm. but I'm not pleased that it took this long. Right. That's I'm not where pleased I'm pleased that we're talking about oh, you can't break up. Pullman and OEL, because that's dangerous for those players. Like, you can't do that. Like, it would have been great if these guys were here at the start of camp, but they weren't. That's not the reality of the situation. So, yeah. And also, I didn't really think the Canucks were going to be the side to bend. No, I mean... But all the reporting suggested that they were the side that... Just, the thing in the end is, like, we all knew there was about 15... There was about 14 and a half to 15 and a half million dollars. Yeah. And they had, that's how much they had to spend. And the, ch- and the fact that they were able to get Hughes done long-term at six years... I'm pleased. I'm pleased with it in the end. And all this talk of, you know, discussing what might come down the pipe, if it's going to be two bridge deals. I'm very, I'm very pleased that it's not two bridge deals. That's the thing that I'm most pleased about. I'm happy that it's a six year deal for Hughes. That's the biggest thing that I see out of this. That's great. Pedersen's going to get that mega deal coming out of this, you know, after this three year deal. I like the three years because not like Pedersen needs any motivation because he's a very motivated player. We know how much he wants to win and score, but he is going to just, 
tear it up on this three-year deal so that he can make the most money possible after this. Uh, right now, as you were talking, tweet from Canucks PR, on behalf of general manager Jim Benning, we've received confirmation that Travis Hamanick will not be opting out this season. He remains at home dealing with some personal matters. We continue to support him and out of respect for the situation, we will have no further comment at this time. So just not a lot of information. Um, I really hope everything's okay with Hamannick. We have absolutely no idea what it is. What we do know is that, uh, you know, it's not great for the Canucks that they don't have him here. Like, it'd be great if he were here. Mm-hmm. He's not. We don't want to say too much else because, again, we have no clue what the situation is. Like, we have an idea, but we don't actually know for sure. So, yeah, I mean, Canucks are going to continue to be without Hamnick, and everybody's just okay with it. Yeah, it's a personal matter, as he said, but it's... You know, it was strange to see the way that it was first given information from Jim Benning about he'll be here tomorrow. He'll be here. Everyone's going to be 100 percent vaccinated. The rumors that we've heard out there, we don't know exactly for sure what's going on with that personal matter. Sounds like like I don't know is the fact that they send out this tweet now doesn't really give clarity to anything. And if it is a real personal matter, then, of course, it you know obviously doesn't need to be discussed throughout the Canucks Twitter realm and and through the media and everything. But I think the way that the rumors are pointing at it, it would be nice to get some sort of clarity from the organization because every rumor out there is pointing towards, you know, something being a problem with the vaccination, right? Like that seems to be the, where everything's pointing at allegedly here. Yeah. And we don't know for sure. And we don't know. Um, And we didn't get any clarity from this PR tweet. All we know now is that he is not opting out of the season. Yes. So again, wait for more information to come out. Um, there's not much else we can say. Mm-hmm. There's really not. Play the goaltending intro. I've got well, to put some Yeah, I want to get into Thatcher Demko a little bit because this is the first time we're going to see him. And this is going to be a pretty NHL lineup, I think, for the Vancouver Canucks to face and the Vancouver Canucks to put out there. So I want to get into Thatcher Demko. But yes, uh, for people who didn't see the tweet, I put together a little goalie intro. This is my first time hearing it. You haven't heard it yet, so this is going to be your live reaction. It's about 30 seconds long. If the people like it, we'll keep it. When we talk goalies, I'm going to you know, play a little 30-second thing. And uh, All right, I'm just going to let her go here. This is the goalie intro on Canucks Conversation. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's, uh, that's a big no-no. I don't know. No, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America, right and hit me in the head. We, just, we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Ridley. All right. Favor's going to be. Favor's going to be very pissed. So you know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. Oh my gosh. That was perfect. You like that? I was up. I made that till about two a.m. I, I was up last so night. So glad you didn't send me that. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah, we're definitely not getting rid of that. All right, That's I'll send you that. So funny. We'll put that on the oh board then. I wanted a live reaction here on the pod. That is okay. So for those that don't know, the first clip there was Mikey DiPietro in a Utica radio interview. This was when Chris and I recently or like had just started working together. Uh, he asked me to bring pizza to the studio, so I just brought Domino's, and he freaked out about that. And it was it was cheap. Yeah, I didn't see you offering to pay for the pizza. 
Well, yeah, because I knew it was Domino's. I wasn't going to pay for that. Well, it wouldn't have been Domino's if you had paid up. Okay, well, fair enough. Anyways, but, Mikey, yeah, that was Mikey's so reaction. I, yeah, I was, on, I was on Utica Radio at the time, and the, Mikey was in studio with him, so I asked him about Domino's, and he said, yeah, he said Nono would have, or Nona would have thrown a shoe across <laughs> the country at him if he would have ordered Domino's. Yeah, speaking of which, man, the other day when we finished recording, I tried to order food to my Nono's house. He was so mad. Like, he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, I, I saw got, that. Yeah, I saw I got food. That. I got food in the freezer, and he was, like, pissed that I was... So we ended up having chicken. It's yeah, standards. I saw the cold cuts were coming out. You yeah. got buns ready. Cold I, I, cuts, yeah. I was just leaving the house. I see. I'm, I'm leaving the leaving the studio here, and he's yelling at you as yeah. I'm walking home. No, all right. Was, have a good day. Yeah, Your no nos yelling at you. Yeah, he wasn't having it. Okay, Thatcher uh, Demko. Yeah. We're gonna see him tonight. Uh, just kind of what you expect to see from him in the first game before, because we're gonna wrap it up on the second half talking about Demko. What do you expect to see? Because we talked about it with Woodley when he was in studio with us there. Don't think that it was the best training camp and performance from Thatcher Demko, but Tonight, we're going to see him in NHL competition. I hope that he picks right up where he left off last year. Yeah, that makes two of us, and I anticipate he will. Um, again, was was told that before training camp, he had a skate at UBC and just looked like he was in midseason form. Again, saw him at training camp, looked okay, looked fine. It'll be really interesting to see how he does facing shots. Again, they were doing a drill yesterday, and you weren't there, so I didn't get to point it out to you, and I didn't want to bother anybody else. But uh, basically what this drill was, was it was post-movement and then quickly reacting to a shot in the middle. So basically what the drill was, Ian Clark is standing in front of uh, Demko and Halak, whoever was in the net at the time, standing in front of them, and he yells, yep, and then the player integrates to the post like they have to seal off the post and then he says yep again they got to quickly switch to the other side and then without any warning he, he he does that a number of times you don't know how many times he's going to do it he taps his stick on the ice and then quickly shoots a snapshot and the goalie has to get over quickly and react to it halak was not nearly as good as demko at the drill not really surprising halak's a smaller guy definitely um took him a while to properly integrate to the post. And it was funny. I actually asked Mikey DiPietro about this because at camp, Mikey was being used as the example for everybody. Demko was the only goalie not on the ice. Um, He was being used as the example of how to properly integrate to the post, which was so funny because Ian was literally like, watch this. Like he just yelled it at the, at uh, Yarrow Halak and Spencer Martin. And it was so funny. Cause I asked Mikey and he's just like, yeah, I just do what I'm told. Like he was a little embarrassed cause that I asked him about it. But uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Cause yeah, like I, I guess there's no real point to what I just said, but no, uh, and he told the story like the last three episodes on the show, but <laughs> quite with, with Demko, like I expect to see no rush. No, or like no worry about what he brings on the ice. No, and I'm, I'm just excited to see him be the goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks for the first time in a preseason game, to be honest. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody before the bubble, I don't know if everybody recalls this, but Markstrom was bad. Like they didn't have any preseason. They had the game against Winnipeg. Sure. But Markstrom was bad in the scrimmages. Like he was letting in squeaky goals. He did not look good. There was two broken sticks through those scrimmages. Cause Markstrom was pissed at himself and I think the sentiment was just, he's going to figure it out. He's going to be fine. And sure enough, he was fine. So I just want to remind everybody that preseason games for goaltenders 
don't put too much into it. Right. But maybe that's the first thing we'll be touching on after this to see yeah. how the performance from Demco is. But puck drop is like two minutes away here. We're going to get to that right now. We'll throw it a quick ad break and we'll see you guys on the other side. We will wrap up the preseason game for the Vancouver Canucks against the Calgary Flames and what we expect to be Thatcher Demko's first start. So here's a quick ad break and we'll see you on the other side. All right, folks, you know what time it is? We are here to talk about our favorite beer sponsor, Parallel 49 Beer. One of the go-to's quads. You can find this one at most restaurants, too. A lot of restaurants. I've yes. never seen it around. The Trash Panda. Simple. One of the longest standing beers from Parallel 49. Highly recommend going out to try it. Not just the beers, though, but the patio quads. The patio at 1950 oh. Triumph Street. Tell the folks about some food and the, the sweet little drinks on the side that I know you like. So the Muddler's Pink Lemonade is my go-to. But man, the food there. Cheeseburgers, chicken bur- the spicy chicken burger was fantastic. Sub the pickles, right? Get the pickles instead Absolutely. of uh, jalapenos. Poutine, I had. Fantastic. They got some green onion in there, and it's nice and melted. The worst thing about a bad... Like, what makes a poutine bad is when the cheese is not melted. This one, it's melted, and it's very, very good. So go down, check that out. The poutine, the burger, the spicy chicken sandwich. What was that last thing we got? The, we got some wings. The as wings, well. wings, the Korean barbecue wings. But they're also putting a roof over there. They're working on it for the fall, so it's not oh. just going to be the patio. We got rained out the other day trying we to did. go to Parallel 49, but they're putting a roof over it. Uh, the beers are always fresh. So many different beers on tap there. So go out and try some Parallel 49 beer. You can get it at every liquor store you can find, and also get on to 1950 Triumph Street to check out the street kitchen. Folks, summer might be over, but the time to drink squish is never over. This drink is taking its way into the fall into the winter and this is the perfect beverage for everyone it's not one of those zero calorie drinks that has no flavor and just tastes like tonic water these ones have some flavor folks squish beverage you can find it all over bc liquor stores but i'm telling you you got to do a little bit of digging you got to go to some private liquor stores if you find it tweet at us about it because other listeners want to know where they can find the squish lemonade comes in a variety of flavors my favorite Squish Lemonade Passion Fruit or Squish Lemonade Pineapple. Kind of lean towards pineapple most of the time. So go out and find Squish at your local BC liquor stores or do some of that digging and find the Squish Lemonades at private liquor stores across British Columbia. And thank you so much to our sponsors for supporting the Connects Conversation podcast. I tell you what. I could probably use a squish or two after that snooze fest that we just had there. That was a tough one. I was excited. I was like, man, we're going to record part one. We're going to come back after the game. We're going to have so much to talk about all this good stuff. Pod Colson, maybe his first goal. You know, Demko standing on it. What a snooze fest that game was for the (laughs) second and third periods. The first period was fine, I thought. I thought there was some action in the first period. But You know what we did see in the first period? Was my, right before our eyes, was my Luke Shen take from about 10 minutes ago Ooh. on this podcast, just age amazingly. I'll, I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> after after seeing that game, do you still think Quinn Hughes should be playing with Luke Shen? Man, I'll <laughs> tell you what. that was The Flames had some really nice passing plays in that game. They did. Like, there was a 192nd possession that they had in the offensive zone. That was tough to watch. Ended with Connor Garland blocking a shot. Real tough one on his, on his right foot there, but he was fine. Came back as the extra skater just a few seconds later. Mm-hmm. But Luke Shen with Quinn Hughes, man, Luke Shen didn't have a good game. And a no. lot of NHL competition for the Flames. Like, I wasn't, yeah. when I saw both lineups, I was like, okay, well, you know, Canucks ain't winning this one. 
But yeah. let's see how guys like Gadjevich, let's see how guys like Dowling, let's see how they perform. And and Shen's another good example of a guy how you want to see him perform against that team because you're going to have a lot of uh, very important games against the Flames this year. Flames are going to be a team that the Canucks are battling for positioning in the Pacific Division and, and probably coming down to a playoff spot as well. So it, you know, to see them go against them, it, it's kind of tough. Like We don't want to rag on them too hard. It was a tough game for quite a few players. It was tough to watch. Basically, like none of the pairings impressed me at all tonight. I, I thought that <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Tyler Myers, I think, was the best defenseman was. for the Canucks tonight. He was another take of mine that's aging extremely well. Yeah. So now you want Tyler Myers with Quinn Hughes. Tyler, I, I said that before, and I will say that again. It is not ideal. Chris Tanev playing with Quinn Hughes is ideal, but it's not reality, Chris. Mm-hmm. It is Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers is the guy who needs to be playing with Quinn Hughes. I don't think so. Yep. I think it that hurts, hurts that parent too much. I nope. still am in the camp of Pullman. If there's no other option, it's Pullman. You can pull no. Pullman from OEL. No, I, do, I, I, I made my pull. case in the first half. People if, can make their decision if, off of that. What if Pullman and Hughes doesn't work out? And then I don't then think, what? Then you go and put Pullman back with OEL. I know, but that's not that's not easy, man. That's not easy for it's a more, player to go through. No, it's more important for them to play with, to give the best defenseman available to Quinn Hughes for a partner. Yes, and I that, think I think that's Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers is better ooh, than Pullman. Oh, absolutely. Not at playing the absolutely. role. Absolutely. Not at playing the role that he needs to play with Quinn Hughes. Huh? I'll, I'll listen to that. I'll the pairing's that. worse with Quinn Hughes and Myers than it is with Quinn Hughes and and Pullman. At what? Not moving the puck. Had a lot of things. It's better at moving the puck if it's Hughes and Myers. Mm. It's better offensively no, if it's, it's Hughes and Myers. I think it's worse moving the no. puck with Myers because Myers tries to move the puck. He tries to be the primary puck mover. That If you take that away from Quinn, that's a huge mistake for that pairing. Yeah. Look, I, I he get what he you're does saying. it to Rathbone all the time. When he's yeah. with Rathbone, he takes away Rathbone being the primary well, puck mover. Rathbone's one thing. Because remember a few years back when Alex Edler wouldn't pass to Besser? Like as much as we, you know the games progressed and all that. There's still that old school, like sit back rook, like watch this with the, with the rookies, right? Like that, that's still there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be, but it is still real and it's still prevalent in the game with Hughes. It's not like that with Hughes. All it takes is one coach saying to Myers. Okay, sit back here. Like, like, let let him wield the puck. Well, Bradshaw, baby. Bradshaw Brad going to come in and tell him. <laughs> Bradshaw laying the law down. I can see the articles already. Bradshaw <laughs> tells Tyler Myers to calm the F down. How Bradshaw changed everything in Vancouver. Yeah, how Bradshaw made Tyler Myers into a defensive stalwart. <laughs> I can see the titles. <laughs> Bradshaw. Yeah, he wore a hat to practice the other day. He's a big hat guy. He's, he's the only. He's, he wears a hat guy. a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's good. He was screaming at practice too. Yeah, what was the quote that you heard the other? Because I don't even want to spend much more time on this game. It was like, well, actually, quickly, do you have any other takeaways? From yeah, the game? yeah. So I was trying to. Pick I thought a Dowling top. looked good. I thought Dowling might end up being this team's fourth line center, depending if they move Miller back to the wing. And that was the other thing: is Miller's got to go back to the wing. Like Alex Chason didn't play tonight. Give him credit. He is not the answer in the top six. Like, he is not the answer to Bo Horvat's wing. Like, that is just not the case. That's not the reality that we should be living in. Like, Chason's fine, but he's fine as a fourth-line winger. Not, you know, not as a top-six guy. Like, maybe even third-line. I'll tell you what, if they keep Miller at center, Horvat's the se- Horvat's the third-line. Yeah, sure. Right? But is Pud Coles in a second-line winger, then? I don't think he's, so. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the line, so it doesn't really Yeah, it doesn't really one, matter. Two, but to me, I, I want to explore this idea a little bit more, because having Dickinson be your fourth-line center until Brandon Sutter comes back, 
down the middle. I've, I've talked about this a few times already. Pedersen, Miller, Horvat, Dickinson down the middle. But then you need a is then chase on is your third line winger because yeah. he'll be playing with Horvat and Pearson on a third line. Yeah, that not the worst, right? Not like the I think worst. I think having four centers that are quality. I mean, JT Miller at centers. It, there's question marks around it yeah. for sure. But I think you're going to get a lot of offense out of Garland and, and Pod Colson on that line with him. And I think you're going to get decent defensive play as well. Like it's. It's the big problem to me is just the outlet passes that JT Miller makes. We saw a handful of them tonight, Mm -hmm. like not great at just being the center. Cause when you're the center, you're the first guy to get the puck normally from a defenseman. And then you're the quick guy making the outlet pass. If the defenseman isn't making the outlet pass, it's normally the center. Pedersen's a lot better at at Miller. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing is I think when you're coming back here and you know, I, I get it was not a full NHL lineup. But there are a lot of Canucks fans that watched this game and got some flashbacks because it wasn't an NHL lineup, but neither was their lineup for the last half of last season, Mm -hmm. right? Like that wasn't an NHL lineup. So if you're trying to start this season with a bang and you're trying to get off to a good start, I think you have to reunite the lotto line as fast as possible and just try to recapture that lightning in a bottle that those guys had in 2019-20. Like you, you have to do that. Yeah, I just wonder where, like, to me, Dowling, it sounds like he could be a real option for fourth line center. I think so. And they've played Highmore in that spot, but I don't think Highmore is impressed enough to be the guy. He's not, exactly. But they've played him in center. He said it today in the pregame that he's not a center. Oh, yeah. Well, he said he's done it. It's been four years since I've played center. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing is they're giving him a look at center. So obviously he's a candidate there, but I don't think he's done enough. I think Dowling's got the edge on that spot for sure. Well, Dowling will kill penalties. Yeah. He saw time on the power play. Yep. I mean, Dowling is, <laughs> he's a fine fill-in, I guess, when Brandon Sutter's not here. I mean, that could probably end up working. I'm, I think that's fine to start the season if you want to go that direction. And then you do get the chance to bring the lotto line back and put Miller back on the wing. Yep. But then that makes a huge change to, you know, what Garland and Pod Colson are going to do. Like, you know, like they're not just going to jump right in and play with Dickinson. And I don't think both of those guys are going to jump right in and play with Pearson. If you do mix up Miller and like the line that they've been going through all this preseason and and training camp, mm-hmm. it's a strange spot for Pod Colson to you know find like it looks like he's developing a little bit of chemistry with Miller. Really? Well, I mean, maybe not, but like they're trying to get there. Yeah. Like they, like he's skating with them a lot. He's talking with them a lot. He's yep, with them all the time that. in yeah. practice. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just playing a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just honestly, like when I look at this lineup, it just looks like they need to have that offensive punch at the top. And when you look at advantages the Canucks are going to have over other teams, Again, it's going to be that first line. Like, if that lotto line can get back to what they were, like, folks, let's not forget here, that was, like, the best line in the NHL. The Canucks haven't had that in years before the lotto line came along, right? So, if you have an opportunity to rekindle that, right, and you have a proper third line center in Dickinson, and you've got Horvat, you've got Connor Garland, I think you need to try your best to load up that first line and just make it as good as it can be. And I think, honestly, like if we're putting players in positions to succeed, I think you're getting the most out of Pedersen. I think you're getting the most out of Besser. And I think you're getting the most out of Miller specifically with Miller at the wing. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Horvat because Pearson's been with him. 
I yeah. don't think that's shocked a lot of people. I think we've no. all kind of expected Pearson to be around Horvat. That's his guy. That's 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 his guy. I mean, that's Pearson's gone and had the toughest matchups of this team last season. He was against top lines the most out of all the forwards. So that's not a shocker to see him with Horvat. I'm just wondering where that line goes from here if you take Miller away from the Garland pod Coles. Which one of those two? Is Garland the guy then? Garland moves up to play with Horvat and Pearson? I think so. Because the thing is, you also have Niels Huglander in the mix here. You also have Vasily Pod Colson, who I would say is out of that race to play on the Horvat line if you take Miller away. Yeah. So you're going to Garland, get... Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if it's not... I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's for See, sure Garland. I think problem, it might be Huglander. It might be. The problem here is, you know, I was just preaching about how you can't shake up Pullman and OEL because... You know, they've been together during the preseason and it's it's too much to shake these guys up. Forward groups have to get shaken up because of what happened with Pedersen and how long it took him to get here. Because if you don't, if you don't shake it up, right, you're looking at exactly what we just said, chase on on a second line. I don't think the Canucks want that. I right. really don't. And tonight was tough to really get a gauge of the forward lines because you didn't have Horvat, you didn't have Besser. So those lines were really shaken up. You didn't have Pearson, you didn't have Chase on. So like... I wonder if Sunday. I don't think we're going to get Pedersen on Sunday. I know you. I think there's an outside possibility. Again, uh, we don't know yet. Comes in for one practice. Like he might not even be here for practice on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I would be, be surprised. I wonder because I know be they here. have been working out. So it is kind of. It's not like they're coming out of here with no training. They've been working yeah. out with. And I, I think Dollywall reported this a while back, but my United States national team uh, source was. You know, Jim Hughes works. He didn't say exactly what was happening, but he says the way he told me it was that lots of NHL players work out in the off season and a few are still here working out with Jim Hughes, mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes's father. So don't have it exactly in stone that that's what's going on. But I believe Dolly Wall had that reported a few weeks ago. So I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but they were training. So I wonder maybe they are. Maybe they can get a skate in on Saturday. Get a pregame skate, which we're kind of up in the air. We're not sure if we're going to see a pregame skate with a four o'clock start on Sunday. Yeah, but if they do, I wouldn't be blown away to see them. I would love to see them in lineup on Sunday. I just don't think it'll happen. But I think the first game we get back with Hughes and Patterson both in the lineup, that's going to be a real telling tale about what the forward lines are going to look like. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I I don't think they. And I know you're all you're all in the camp of this, and a lot of Canucks fans are. But a lot of line going right back together. I don't think so. I, I'm here for the argument that you don't shake it up. You pull Patan out, who had a pretty bad game, um, but he was always going to be out when Pedersen came back anyway. But you pull Patan out, you put Pedersen right in that spot, and you don't change anything. I'm here for that. I just think that sooner or later, it will become apparent that that is not ideal. And when the lines do get their first shakeup, I believe we're going to see the lotto line together. And I just, my opinion is that the lotto line is the best option for the Canucks forward group. But like I said, I am very, very much so here for the don't change anything like let well, here's one for work you. together. Also, the Canucks still have to sign Chase on. Remember, he's on a PTO. Sure. No contract. Throw Chase on out the window for now. I got one for you. So if they just throw Pedersen right into the Patan spot, yeah. first line is going to end up being Huglander, Pedersen, and Besser. I think that's the first line. That's your top scoring line. They'll be put together like that. Forget about Chase on. We got Horvat on the second line with Pearson. That's for sure going to happen. Yep. From there, I wonder if you want to go in the direction of bringing Garland up to that line 
I wonder if Garland goes up to that line or if Pod Colson gets a chance on that line or heck, even JT Miller. It doesn't really matter. But your third line can be centered by Dickinson to play with Garland, Pod Colson, or Miller as a winger. I think that's a big thing because I know that I floated the idea of Dickinson being fourth line center. But if you want to roll with Dowling as a fourth line center, a guy that can kill penalties for you, you can have top nine caliber players from top to bottom if you bring up Dickinson and then you can throw Miller on the wing and you don't have to go to the lotto line yet. If you're putting Miller on the wing, it needs to be on Elias Pettersson's wing. It There's no no sense moving Miller to the third line wing. No sense. You need to. He needs to get a shot with Pedersen again. If you're going to move him to the wing, it's got to be on that first line. I think Huglander has done enough to have an opportunity he, there. Huglander never played with Pedersen, and it hasn't been great. No, it's a small sample size, but the results haven't been like tiny sample get, size. Yeah, but look at the sample size. The tiny sample size with Miller, right? Like it's it's different. It's these are different players, and Miller, what he brings to that line is very different than what Niels Hoglander brings to that line. I like what Miller brings to that line a lot more than what Nils Hoaglander brings to that line. I don't a know lot about a more. lot. Yeah, a lot more. Why? What? What's so much better about Miller than that Hoaglander can't do? They are very different players. Sure. And what Miller brings is that tenacity, that forechecking ability. Hoaglander doesn't have that. Like, he, Are he, you kidding me? He's hard on pucks, but he's not nearly as hard on pucks as Miller. Not a chance. I think that Huglander is a very good forechecker. He is, but he's I not, think he's he's not as good in board battles. He's not as good. No, he's just not as good as Miller. Like, Miller does all that stuff better. I don't know about that. He does. I Miller, don't know. Miller's an objectively better player than Huglander in just about every area of the game. I, I was a little... I mean, and this Miller isn't to is knock a, Huglander No, I mean, Miller's got a better shot. I think Huglander's faster. I think Huglander gets him on board battles quicker and with a lower center of gravity than Miller, which is very important. I think he wins a lot of board battles. I don't know if you're, I don't, I don't, I don't like, you're not talking crap about Huglander here, but I think you're, you're not really giving him enough credit. If you watch what he does in board battles, he was one of the best last year for the Canucks up there with JT Miller. I, I, I wouldn't say that he's better at, you know, board battles, but as a four checker, Huglander is an excellent four checker. He knocks down a ton of pucks with his yes, hand eye yeah. coordination, which is ridiculous. He can quickly make a good decision. I think he makes decisions better than JT Miller on the ice already at his young age. And he's just developed. We've only seen him for one season. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. But second on the team last year in five on five scoring, Miller's- I would like to see the guy who's second in scoring play with the top line players. I'm just saying it's not, it's going to be the same result. We're going to, it's You're going to see it for a bit and then you're not going to like it. And it, I'll just say I told you so. Well, there's options too. Miller's like, bigger too. Like that's that's the main caveat here is Miller is just a bigger player. He's more imposing on that line than Hoglander is. <laughs> I don't even know about that. I think Hoglander <laughs> is smaller, but he's just as imposing on a lot of players. Oh man. come on, not dude. Miller's that Miller's listed as the heaviest player on this team. Sure, you, you see think how guys want to get hit by Hoglander over Miller. You see how pissed off people get when Hoglander hits them. See what happened to Derek Forbord last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And then you see what happened to Hoglander after that. That doesn't yeah. happen to Miller. Miller's the one fighting. He doesn't fight that much. Fights he can. Bit. Yeah. I'm That's just not Huglander's role, though, to drop the gloves. It's more I, of a I know, JT Miller but role. If someone, if someone lays a dirty hit on Pedersen, who do you want on the ice? Huglander or Miller? Yeah, that was a good fight by him tonight. Huglander or Miller? Answer the question. If they're, well, Miller, if you have to fight, Perfect. for sure. Okay, we'll, we'll close so it there, folks. The point we'll close it there, folks. That's what you think wins the <laughs> argument is because the, the guy will drop argument the gloves. Argument over. Airtight argument. 
Miller's bigger. Huglander's chippier than big boy. Huglander is chippier than you think, man. Big, I'm wearing my Alberta jeans. That's where these takes are coming from. Yeah, you were praising Sutter all day long. Look at the passing play. Sutter's got him running here. Daryl Sutter. He really knows how to run a team. <laughs> I was giving saying- Daryl Sutter a lot of credit, wasn't I? Yeah. That's funny. I don't think it's the... I just think that... No, I... I okay, here's the thing. Here's I don't All think these things you love about JT Miller, love those on a different line then. As if he's going to the wing and playing with Horvat oh. and Pearson, those are guys that are literally Why? like the same type of Why players. Why are we trying to experiment with things that we have not seen work yet? Because the dude was the second highest five on five score last year. I would like to see that guy play on the top line and try and create with the two best shooters. So on the the team. focus now is shifting from let's put, let's put everybody in a position to succeed to let's see what Hoaglander could do next to Pedersen. No, it's, he can give them a good chance to succeed as well. He creates offense. Are you are you missing this? Like, did you not see Niels Hoglander play last year? I saw him play with Pedersen. He didn't create much offense. How many games did he play with Pedersen? Six. I, I have to look it up. It's more than that. It's absolutely more than that. I don't think it's that much more than that. Whatever it is, I know it wasn't pretty. And I know all people were talking about was, man, this isn't working out. As much as people wanted it to work out, it just didn't. And it should. In your head and on paper, it should make sense. But it didn't. It didn't work. I I, I get we got to fill air time. But man, talking about all these options of, oh, maybe this guy can play with this guy. Like, man, puck drop for the actual season is like 10 days away. Like, there's no time to start throwing out your line blender and start changing up all your options right now. Like, that was something that is They haven't even had Pedersen in, though, yet. No, like, they literally haven't. all the lines have to go through a blender when Pedersen gets here. Sure. Well, not necessarily. We just talk. Like, they go through a blender if my scenario goes through and Miller's got to go to the first line. But what we might see happen is Chase on stays down. Um and and Miller or not Miller Pedersen just goes right in for Patan like that is a viable option that is probably what we're gonna see right like that is what that is pr- most likely what we're gonna see so I just I don't know like I I don't really understand why we're talking about Miller playing with Pearson Horvat because it's just not gonna happen and it shouldn't happen I think that's what I'm saying is that's how Dickinson gets back into the top nine where he hasn't been yeah okay so if you bring Dickinson into the top nine. But Dickinson also gets the top nine. So then if they go to the lotto line. So then like to get to your point, if if we're not going the lotto line, if we're going with Pedersen, Huglander, Besser, maybe Dickinson is the right winger to play with Pearson and Horvat to start. No, man. Why not? Dickinson hasn't created any offense. We've watched this guy for a week and a half. He if has created Pearson's zero with offense. Horvat, they're the matchup line. They're the matchup forward group. If Pearson and Horvat are together, it's they're not going for offense. They're playing the exact same Horvat so way that we've you seen. You go get Jason Dickinson in the offseason. You you say, oh, we've got this third line center. Everybody's asking Bo at training camp. Bo, how excited are you to have some offensive uh, or defensive responsibilities lifted from you? And of course, he gives the captain's answer of I'll just play wherever I'm needed, help the team win. So after all that, you're going to go ahead and be like, you know what, Bo? This third line center we got, he's actually going to be your winger and you're now the shutdown line. That's what's going to happen? Yeah, it could very easily that's, happen that's, with JT Miller horse. being another scoring line at center if that's what you're going to go with. No, that that can't be what you go with. Have you seen enough from Miller, Garland, and Pod Colson to say that needs to be our third line? Because I haven't. Not much, but Travis Green has obviously liked it because he's stuck with it this whole no, time. Because he's trying to let them build chemistry, man. He, yeah, that is not that is not the line that you should be going with. No chance. If if you're moving Miller to wing, then it needs to be on the first line. That just plain and simple. 
And I know in your in your last scenario he's not. But, but yeah, and if you're keeping him at center, they're going up against bottom six lines, man. They were up against AHL competition tonight and couldn't do anything. Mm, that was a pretty NHL team from top to bottom for the Flames. Yeah, okay, but just that, like looking at that lineup tonight, right? I'm sorry, but how many how many teams are worse than the forward group that they just went that up against? That line also didn't have the Horvat line there, didn't have the Pedersen line yep. there. They're going up against the top line for the Flames, which was excellent in that game. Yeah, it it was a good so line. So it's a big difference going up against t- Kachuk and and Goudreau and uh, Lindholm. Lindholm and then going up against the bottom six from the Calgary Flames. I just look, I sorry, I was I was referring to the game that they played before this one. The one that they played together. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that was what I meant when I said age. Okay, yeah, sorry. that was very. And I'm just saying, like, I didn't see anything there. They didn't dominated see anything the tonight. possession in that game. Sure. How many goals they score? They dominated the possession in that game. Yeah, but again, it doesn't matter if you don't convert, right? It's a preseason. I know. Like, I get it. I get they're still learning each other. But that to answer your question, that's why they're staying together is so that they can dominate possession but actually convert. And it's not just I them just, passing it around in the office. I guess I zone. like that trio, though. Like, I like what that trio has potential to do. Yeah. Right? But, okay, I get that. But how much longer with Pedersen coming soon? And you know what? To answer my own question, I will say give them Sunday night against Winnipeg if Pedersen's not in the lineup. If you don't see anything there, that's it. Pedersen's got to be with Miller on the first line. You need to reunite that lotto line and get them as many reps as possible yeah. before the season starts. Yeah, I can mess with that. Okay. I think you get them one more in Winnipeg. You hope that something clicks, finds the back of the net. But then, I mean, like you say, you go from there, you're really blending everything yeah, up. You are. Right. And if you don't want to go with the blender, you put Pedersen with Hugliner and Besser. But if you're fine mixing everything that you've tried to build up to this point in training camp, free, and maybe this means nothing. Maybe all this stuff that they've been trying to build up here means nothing. Right. Or maybe because that line hasn't scored a bucket load of goals, it's not working. So it's fine to go in a different direction. But to me, I. I would like to see Huglander up there for a game or, you know, let them start the season with yep. that. I'm, I like the lot of line. I like what the lot of line can do, but I also like what having JT Miller at center does to the top nine. Fair enough. So I'd like to see that get a little bit of run. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Are we done? Yep. You all we're, good here? We're not going to agree on this, but well, that's fine. Yeah. We've had a lot of arguments. In yeah. This a lot episode. of arguments on this episode. Now I got to sit in the car with you to drive home. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Final too. thing. Prospects report. Aiden McDonough. Getting back into action, man. I'm excited to watch Aiden McDonough do some work here. They're playing Bentley University, so they better crush that. I don't know. I couldn't name one player on Bentley University. They are playing Bentley on Saturday, their first uh, big exhibition game. Definitely going to be tuning in for that one. That should be a fun one to watch. Uh, see what McDonough can do with his strong Northeastern team. That's some, uh, some pretty cute pictures come out from Michigan as well. Jacob Truscott. Some pretty cute pictures that Michigan team was doing together. Good for them. They, uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to follow. And just to see, like, Truscott, you know, get into the picture with the big names. Nice to see. We we're all kind of curious how many minutes Truscott's going to be playing this year. Mm-hmm. We will see. That's going to be a close one to follow because that Michigan team is stacked. Once again. I like that Truscott, um, in my conversations with him, is he wants to be able to be a defenseman who can play both sides, right? Like, he probably going to have to play on the right side with what they're going to have there. Uh, you know, with Owen power taking up so much time, cam York taking up so much time on the left side, like 
It'll be interesting to see where Trescott kind of fits out. And I like that he's added penalty killing to his game. That's something he never did for uh, the national team development program. But now that he's at Michigan, he, he needs to play that role to get ice time. And he's a guy that, you know, we talk about this so much with the Canucks forwards. Like, go, like, can you add, sh- you know, penalty killing to your game? That's going to get you in the lineup. Trescott's a guy who's done that. Like, he did that exact thing last year. So that's nice to see. Um, and then finally, Forcell. Uh, Man, I, I just I feel for the kid. I, I'm going to talk about his. His team sucks so bad. <laughs> his team sucks so damn bad. I I saw a couple clips of them just just like watching Forcell shifts. Bad news bears. Oh, it's like he the poor dude. It just the puck is just in his zone the whole time. He's able to like get it out, break out, get into the other zone, and then his lines like his line mates are changing, and it's just like him <laughs> just like dumping the puck in the corner. Uh, but he got another assist on uh, Friday morning, so good for him. And oh, what the heck's going on with Koskenvo? He's he's not playing any games. He's the backup three games in a row now. I don't know. Don't ask me. All right. Well, that that wraps up. <laughs> wraps up the prospects report. Wraps it up Cos- with a don't ask me. Koskenvo is not playing games. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, can, he's on I a J twenty team. I would expect him to be the guy after his performance. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. And he's 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 suiting up, but he's backing up whoever. They, I don't know the other goalie there. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, Koskenbo, I'd like to see him get back into some games here. Yeah, they don't want to ruin his perfect record. I think he's seven and zero in that league now, or six and zero. No, he's not. Something like that. No. What is it? <laughs> I think he's like three and zero. Oh, sorry, I'm including his nations. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. with the uh, with the four. Seat. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got. Prospects yep. report's good. We'll wrap it up there. This is a fun episode, Chris. First game night episode in a long time. Feels good to be back, man. It is good. It's good to be back. It was, uh, tell you what, we're, it is going to be an interesting drive home. We we argued a lot on this episode. Yeah. You got so, some bad takes today. I don't know uh, what's, yeah. what's been going through there. Coming from let's move Dickinson to the Horvat line. That This is coming from the guy who just said that 10 minutes ago with hey, a straight face. Yeah, because then I don't want to read. Yeah, we're not, we're not rehashing. Miller not battling rehashing. against bottom six guys. You got Connor Garland going up against bottom six. Yeah. Let those boys feast. Uh-huh. Hey, but you know what? The intro is a hit. We're going to add the intro to the board. The yep. goalie talk. The goalie that's, talk. that's something we can that's both great. agree on. That was beautiful. Great job by I, you. I hope one. that people enjoy it. I think people will. I think people will. And for people who don't know that. the song in the background, that's Shut Up by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Excellent choice oh. of music by myself, I believe. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, I'm done. That was a good one. All right. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.